Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today. People are stupid. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial 436. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. It's currently pouring here. It just started. I'm very scared. I don't know if I can continue with today's program. Don't be a pussy. You know what I love about when it rains? All the dog shit on the sidewalk gets washed away. Does Brooklyn have trouble remembering where he marked his territory when that happened? No, of course not. He's a perfect dog. But these people who they don't pick up their dog's poop. So frustrating. We have a lot of people that walk their dogs like around the neighborhood, which is fine. But I've definitely seen people that let their dogs poop on our front lawn and then they don't pick it up. And the old lady in me is like, I should just run off and then be like, excuse me, that's not my dog's shit. That's your dog's shit. So. Oh, yeah. I actually. Funny you mentioned like right in front of your place. A dog pooped right in front of our place today. And I wish I saw the person because I would have yelled, hey, you going to clean that up, asshole? Laura, I wanted to check in on your PSL situation, your, the pumpkin spice Laura situation. Have you indulged yet? Uh, no, Andrew, it is currently 90 degrees in Atlanta. <laughs> so, no. Is that normal according to the New York Times calculator? Yes, that's pretty normal for this time of year. Um, But it should start cooling off here relatively soonish. We're starting to have cooler mornings and cooler evenings, which is nice. Mm -hmm. But yeah, during the daytime, it's just there there is no point in getting anything hot from Starbucks. (laughs) Can't you get a pumpkin spiced iced latte? (sighs) But it's not the same because the original PSL, it tastes like fall and Christmas and just wonderness. And I can't, like, I cannot, I feel like having a cold one is sacrilege. I can't. So I drink hot coffee year round and I just purchased Dunkin' Donuts' pumpkin flavored coffee. Oh, it's so good. I always forget. I actually just drink like drip at home. But when I'm at Starbucks, if I'm at a Starbucks, the pumpkin spice latte is actually too sweet for me now. And that's just because I don't really put sugar in my coffee Mm -hmm. ever and I always forget to tell them to lessen the pumps so my new favorite way to enjoy the flavor of the season is to ask for a large cold brew with about half an inch of soy milk on top and then one pump of the pumpkin spice (laughs) and it's really really nice because I get that flavor but it's not overkill and it's a little bit healthier so it makes me feel better you people who always guide the baristas with the number of pumps crack me up it's so sweet, though. They, I ordered just like a normal one because I was so excited when it came back a few weeks ago. And I couldn't drink it. I ended up just using it as creamer for my coffee at home for like four days. Oh. It was so yeah. intense. 
I usually have them do half the amount of syrup in mine because I also find them to be very, very sweet. So I shouldn't have just been complaining about the rain because we do want to mention the Carolinas. Now over 30 people have died, making it worse than Puerto Rico if Donald Trump is to be believed. But very terrible situation about the Carolinas. The forecasters were right, though. It really did flood tremendously. Or as Donald Um, put it, very wet. Yeah, I was going to say it was um, tremendously wet. Wet with that hard T at the end. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just easier for people on the mainland to look at the the horrifying after events of this hurricane and say like, wow, hurricanes are really bad. A lot of people die, huh? And meanwhile, Puerto Rico's down there like, yeah, we're here. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) We still Um, don't have power. Donald tweeted something last week that I honestly believe is in his worst moments of his presidency so far. It has to be one of the top five worst moments. He tweeted, and this was right before the hurricane hit, 3,000 people did not die in the two hurricanes that hit Puerto Rico. When I left the island, after the storm had hit, they had anywhere from 6 to 18 deaths. As time went by, it did not go up by much. Then, a long time later, they started to report really large numbers like 3,000. It was so upsetting to see him not acknowledge the deaths of these people. The 3,000 number that he is referencing, this came from a study commissioned by Puerto Rico from George Washington University. And one of the ways they got that 3,000 number was by looking at the average number of deaths that typically occur in the region during the same time frame um, as when the hurricane struck. So you can you can just use some simple math. Oh, 3,000 people died compared to previous years in the same time range when an additional 3,000 people did not die. Hmm, what could have possibly caused that? That alone is pretty solid evidence. Um, So I just really hated him pretending like people did not die. Fake deaths. Right. Denying the deaths of American citizens. Yeah. Who don't vote, though, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, well, that we could have a whole episode on that. <laughs> In other Trump news, this was the ridiculous story of the week, and I I apologize for bringing it up. I know that I hate thinking about it. Um, Stormy Daniels is publishing a new book. She is the porn star who slept with Donald Trump, and uh, she actually helped us learn that Trump illegally used campaign finances and that story is still evolving but in her new tell-all she compares donald trump's dick to toad from mario kart (laughs) that's she specifically said mario kart (laughs) so donald trump has a mushroom headed dick what do we think of that ladies it's a visual i never uh yeah i need to know (laughs) i don't care and also thank you for ruining mario kart for me stormy daniels i know all these websites came to the defense of toad after that (laughs) piece of her book came out it was so funny websites going toad does not deserve this he's better than this and we should be too (laughs) but um 
I think it's it, it, watching CNN dance around it was really funny. The reporter who was talking about it was like, there are very graphic details in the book. Very graphic. <laughs> she kept saying that because obviously she wasn't going to be like, Donald Trump has a mushroom headed dick, according to Stormy Daniels. She's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. I knew somebody with a mushroom dick. As I've said many times before, I literally don't care that he fucked Stormy Daniels. I don't care that he had an affair. I don't care that he cheated on his wife. None of that is my business. I just care about him being able to run our country effectively and efficiently. He's not able to do those things. And furthermore, we know that he violated campaign finance law. That's the important part. With all due respect to Stormy Daniels, I don't know who the hell would read this book. Like, who cares? Like, we've heard from her. Okay, we're good. Do we really need any more than this? And by the way, the title of the book is Full Disclosure. (laughs) I'll be interested to see how much money it makes and if it ends up on any bestseller list because yeah i i like you don't understand who would be interested in such a salacious tell-all but you know this is america so that bob woodward book is doing very well though it's breaking records left and right this book called fear which had plenty of bombshells in it uh bob woodward a very legendary reporter for the washington post he knows the stuff so people took the book pretty seriously and i think the sales reflect that He's been making the rounds on the late shows, too, and those interviews have been really fun to watch. Hmm. Yeah, and he's not uh, taken to comparing various White House staffers' genitalia to vegetables. (laughs) So there's that. Toad is not a vegetable. He is a super Mario brother. Okay. We have some interesting news stories to get to today. I'm really excited to talk about Kavanaugh. And we have a couple confessionals as well. Speaking of sex, they are sex related <laughs> and relationship related. Some pretty good stuff we get to talk about. I wanted to mention, and I've been meaning to bring this up. It is expensive being a homeowner, Laura. <laughs> yeah. It Why is. didn't you warn me about this? Uh, I didn't know that I was your homeowner guru. A couple. Uh, what was it about two months ago my kitchen sink got clogged and it was a bad clog like the water was coming up through both holes it's one of those dual sinks so water was coming out of both ends (laughs) and I didn't know what to do about it so I called a plumber he fixes it long story short he takes a long ass snake and I think he goes like 30 feet down but for him to come over and snake the pipes and he fixed it well It costs $300. And this is for like 45 minutes of work. Good grief. Yeah. And then I had an electrician come over yesterday because me and Pat tried to install a ceiling fan and it wasn't working. We were tripping the circuit. So we didn't know what to do. We couldn't figure it out. So called an electrician. First of all, I call like five. Only one of them actually returns my call. $200 to basically just look at the ceiling fan setup and tell me that I had a couple of wires mixed up. 
Now they did also inspect all my plugs to make sure I wasn't about to get electrocuted through any of them. But, but $200 again for like 30, 45 minutes work. Have you run into this problem as well where the costs seem like pretty outrageous? Um, I haven't actually had any repair people out to my place yet. I know that if you have a home warranty, it can help with some of those costs. So that might be something you want to look into. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Because, yeah, you can get a a home warranty for your appliances, you know, your dishwasher, fridge, things like that. Right. But I, I was, because I, I did do some price checking and oh my God, they're pretty expensive. But I want to try, and if anybody knows anything about any of these home improvement apps or like these repairman apps, let me know if like the prices are good to you, if the service has been good. Like I keep seeing ads for one called Tackle and it's kind of like Uber for, for home shit. Like you can have people come over and fix stuff. I don't know what the prices are though. I haven't looked too closely into it. So if anybody knows of something like that I can use instead of like going on Yelp and these these prices. My God, it just seems like so much money. When you think about typical hourly work, like the jobs, you know, a standard person would work at, it's what? <laughs> and retail, of course, it's like 10 to $15. And it goes up from there. Do these people really need 200 to $300? Like, oh my God. I mean, there's there's skilled laborers. I want somebody I want somebody who is a licensed electrician doing anything electrical in my house. Of course. So, I'm totally fine paying that person whatever their fee is or whatever the market value for their fee is. Yeah. That's actually what I was going to say too. It's technically all this stuff they're all skilled trades and they're dying out because, you know, like everything else, millennials, all of us were ruining the uh, skilled trade industry. Uh, yeah. But the reality is that there are a lot of people that unless they're going into a family business, like there's not um, very many individuals going into these types of jobs anymore. So um, it'll be interesting so- to see moving forward how they attract people to come to those things because it's always going to be something that we need right yeah it's i mean how how do they discover how do people discover them yelp google maps stuff like that but i will say the plumber he did give me some good advice and i thought i would share with everybody first of all he was like i shouldn't be telling you this but garbage disposals are my are my job security And he said that because people will throw all kinds of shit down the drain thinking, oh, my garbage disposal will take care of it. No problem. Well, if you're throwing food down there, I didn't do a ton of it, but I I would do some scraps from time to time. Um, All that stuff eventually builds up later on down the drain. And then before you know it, you have to pay $200, $300 to get a snake down it. So tip one, don't throw any kind of food down there, including coffee grounds. I always empty out my coffee press down the sink, so I've stopped doing that. I'm starting to throw them in the trash. And then B, he taught me, fill up your sink once a week. So you take your your sink plug, you pop it in, fill up your sink with water once a week, and then once it gets towards the top, just pull the plug and let a shitload of water quickly run through the drain. And he recommended doing that, like I said, about once a week. And uh, that should help clear your drains instead of using Drano, which can be like bad for the pipes. Hot water too, specifically. Um, Let me get this straight. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. 
what is the point of a garbage disposal if not to dispose of <laughs> particles that are going down there? What? Why do we have them then? So, yeah, of course, you're going to have to throw some stuff down there if you're washing off a plate. But you shouldn't put, like, food down there that could easily just be wiped into the trash can. He says gotcha. that people come to really trust garbage disposals to be able to take care of anything. So so they do that, and then all this food slowly but surely builds up down there. So good to be careful. Know. Yeah. We should hope that our listeners have insurance if they ever run into electrical or water issues. You don't want your place to get flooded or catch on fire, and then you're shit out of luck. But guess what? You know who you can go to. To get homeowners or renters insurance, Policy Genius, they are the go-to place for anyone searching for insurance policies of all types. Uh, they've got life insurance, too. And September is actually National Life Insurance Awareness Month. Most people aren't aware of that. In fact, most people aren't aware they need life insurance at all. And that's why 40% of people don't have it. It's actually not a difficult or confusing insurance policy to get. It's just as easy, if not easier, than finding other types of insurance. And you know who can make it even easier? Policy Genius. They'll help you quickly compare quotes from the top insurers to find the best policy for you, whether it's for life, health, dental, pets, house, renters. It's all there. And that's the genius of it. One simple site to go to to find the best rates. So you just visit the site, you click the type of policy you're looking for, and it'll ask you a couple of questions about what you're trying to insure. And boom, you're given a bunch of policy options from all the insurers who you can trust. So if you're looking for a good reason to buy life insurance, here's three reasons. It's National Life Insurance Awareness Month. Prices are at a 20-year low. And Policy Genius makes it easy to get the right policy for you. Go to policygenius.com, get quotes, and apply in minutes. You can do the whole thing on your phone right now. It's that easy. Policy Genius, the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. So, um, Pam, did you watch the Emmys on Monday night? I did. First of all, what's with this bullshit of them airing on Monday night? This is why we didn't record on Monday. I was so confused because usually, unless you're talking about... um, Kind of like a more teen-centric award show. So like anything on MTV or like the Teen Choice Awards or the Billboard Music Awards, they always air on Sundays. So this yeah. really threw me for a loop too. But I guess yeah. the silver lining is they decided to do this before all the TV shows came back because I hate it when networks delay premieres or second episodes of things because they have to accommodate other crap. Yeah. I was Googling because I was curious about this. Apparently, it's because of football. But I'm like... I knew it. Do Emmys really compete with football in terms of the audience? Like, I know there's some overlap, inevitably. But, like, they just seem like very different audiences overall. (laughs) But I was pretty bored by the Emmys. Were you? Yeah, it was such a snooze fest. But this is, like, a repeat occurrence every year. The Emmys are definitely not super interesting. Um, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like the first award show that kicks everything off. And if you're really into TV, I guess it could be interesting for that reason, but there's really not very much, um, enticement to tune in. It's definitely one that you could like skip over and check out some of the highlights if there's anything yeah. noteworthy that noteworthy that happens. 
Well, like Michael Che and Colin Jost, they didn't even seem like they wanted to be there. Like, they just seemed to lack energy. And I know it was kind of like their weekend update shtick, but I don't think it works when it's a bigger audience like this. Mm -mm. Honestly, I was really bummed out after the opening number that Kate McKinnon and Keenan Thompson weren't actually hosting together because that would have been pretty (laughs) great. Yeah, so they did a musical number about how they have diversity figured out now. Television is diverse. And of course, it was tongue in cheek. Like, I guess it was funny. I don't know. I just wasn't very amused. Like, we all know they still have a long way to go. So why pretend things are okay? Meh. But uh, the Emmy for Best Comedy went to The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Does anybody watch that? I love this show. Yeah. It's so good. Amy Sherman Palladino is, of course, the creator of uh, Gilmore Girls, which I was a huge fan of when it was airing and I'm still a huge fan of to this day. And it's really cool to see her get recognition for something because all of her shows are a little bit different, but they all, in terms of dialogue, are very similar. The rhythm is very similar and they're all like super whimsical and a little bit outlet out there and like quirky and stuff like that. And Gilmore Girls was never really recognized by the Television Academy, even though it was a really great show when it was on and it's had a lasting impact on pop culture. So it's really great to see her get a little bit more respect and kind of just become this award show darling for a show that's really, really great. Yeah. It is a show that is on Amazon, by the way. It's just constantly incredible to me how Amazon, Netflix, Hulu are now winning all these best, these, these big awards. Best drama went to Game of Thrones. They actually weren't eligible last year. There weren't really any other categories I wanted to talk about. Did anything else stand out to you? Uh, not really. I think that uh, Game of Thrones winning is such a throwaway. You know, it's like, good for you, but it's such a boring pick, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, I know. But it's like when fine. Veep was winning every year for best comedy, I think. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I feel like this is relevant to the interests of our listeners, but also to all of us. It was really cool to see Darren Chris win for um, Assassination of Gianni Versace. Yeah, yeah. That was cool. He was very humble about it, too. Like, he mm-hmm. was only thanking his family. And then at the end, he was like, go blue, a reference to his uh, Michigan team. So, yeah. So, those were the Emmys. Bit boring. I just get more and more bored with these award shows every year. I just, like, I'm afraid I just don't care about. Hollywood patting itself on the back like I've got other shit to do like people spend all year analyzing who's gonna win an Oscar and I'm like how can you spend so much time doing that who gives a fuck like okay celebrate it the night of but eight months out fuck you it is kind of interesting to watch but at the end of the day the amount of money people spend campaigning is ridiculous there's this really great story that didn't get enough hype a few months ago concerning Jane the Virgin star Gina Rodriguez, who went to the network, and which is CW, and asked instead of, you know, spending money on campaigning for the show, if they could please put that money to good use. So I think she paid for somebody's full year at Princeton or something like that. I might have the school wrong, but it, it's just kind mm. of crazy to think that you could pay for somebody's education with the amount of money that they would pay just putting up billboards in Los Angeles right. to maybe win. Side note. I love Jane the Virgin and Gina Rodriguez. She is a gem. Yeah, that's like the only takeaway I have from this conversation because as Andrew knows, I did not watch the Emmys. 
<laughs> I'm glad I could bring I you tell. in, Laura. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you. I will say there are two shows. After I watch the Emmys, I always get inspired to watch a couple of these shows that win. I want to watch Barry. That's the Bill Hader one in, on HBO. And I want to watch The Americans. That's on FX. I think it's over now, but people were absolutely obsessed with that. So those two are next on my list. All right, Laura, let's talk Kavanaugh. All right. So last week, the New York Times reported on a letter that Senator Dianne Feinstein of California received from a constituent. At the time, no one knew the contents of the letter other than the fact that it pertained to allegations against Brett Kavanaugh, who is, of course, Trump's nomination to fill Justice Kennedy's seat on the Supreme Court. The letter explicitly requested anonymity and said that the writer did not want to come forward publicly, so Senator Feinstein respected that and did not share the letter with anyone. But this week, as the story grew, Kavanaugh's accuser decided that if the story was going to be told and hashed out publicly, she wanted to be the one to tell it, so she came forward. Her name is Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, a psychologist in California. After mounting public and democratic pressure on Monday night, it was announced that Kavanaugh's hearing has been delayed so that Dr. Ford may testify in public against him next Monday. For reference, the last time this happened was when Anita Hill testified against Clarence Thomas during his Supreme Court nomination hearing in 1991 because he had sexually harassed her in the workplace, and Thomas got confirmed anyway, so we see how well that went. Um, Although Kavanaugh and Dr. Ford have been invited to testify on Monday, Dr. Ford has not yet accepted the invitation because she wants an FBI investigation into her allegations first. As a result, a number of Republicans are calling for a vote on Kavanaugh's nomination should Dr. Ford choose not to testify on Monday. Obviously, she doesn't owe us her testimony, but since she's already publicly accused Kavanaugh, what could she be hoping to get from an FBI probe? Time? Like, do we think she's vying for additional time here to delay the confirmation process? I don't know what she is thinking by asking for this investigation, but she has an opportunity here to come forward. And I know this is not easy. I know to go in front of cameras in front of Congress and, and, and talk about what happened would be an absolutely terrifying experience. And I sympathize with that. However, she has the opportunity to stop, stop Kavanaugh here. And she seems to want to stop him. If, she decided to speak to the Washington Post. Um, I think this is a huge missed opportunity for her if she doesn't take the opportunity on Monday. The other thing is, it was pretty short notice. They invited her on what? This past Monday? Mm -hmm. They're giving her a week. She'd have to prepare. She'd have to um, have her story together. So so she has a rock-solid testimony. I think if she did come forward and speak... And an open hearing. First of all, the the ratings would be absolutely incredible. I'm thinking like Trump in that regard. Um, but I think she would be able to stop Kavanaugh because it's going to be her word against his in the Me Too era. And from what I read in that Washington Post piece, I read the whole thing. She seemed very credible. I I really think that she could sway the public. So I, she has to take it or this is all for nothing. This was all for nothing. 
Yeah, I just I I feel what you're saying here in terms of just the short time frame. It feels like if we're going to ask a victim of any kind of assault to come forward and give a public testimony in front of the nation, maybe more than a week's notice would have been yeah. good. I can understand uh, being hesitant to do it on such short notice, but that's also just the ugly nature of politics. Yeah. And the way Republicans are talking, it's Monday or nothing. Yeah. This is a take it or leave it situation. Well, I mean, either way, this doesn't, it doesn't set them up very well for the midterms, right? Because they were trying really hard to get Kavanaugh confirmed as soon as possible. So that was behind them. And here we are less than 50 days out from midterms and they don't have a confirmation. And now they have this story of uh, an accuser coming out and saying that he assaulted her when she was 15 and he was 17. And then numerous other students from their same school have come out in support of the accuser of Dr. Ford. Right. So it's not shaping up very well for them right now. No. And conceivably, if she was able to stop Kavanaugh, let's say she comes and testifies on Monday and um, the public is outraged and she, she gives really great testimony. She doesn't waver. It's like really, really great. Um, I think Kavanaugh would be out and they probably wouldn't have enough time to get a new justice through a, a, a new person nominated and through before the election, right? Yeah, I think it would be pretty difficult, especially considering the fact that um, Jeff Flake and Lisa Murkowski have made it pretty clear that they're going to jump ship on approving his confirmation if the if um Dr. Ford is not allowed to testify or if they hear anything in that testimony that they don't like or or if they are, you know, swayed by her. Mm. So What do you make of this Pam? Did you read her story? Yeah, I think that it's you're you're totally right. The mentality of asking her to do this on such short notice is incredible and I don't blame her for taking a few days to think about it because there's a reason why women are so hesitant to speak up whenever they do fall victim to sexual assault or harassment. And mm -hmm. it, it's just a little bit cruel to, um, you know, ask her to do that, knowing that she's basically going into the lion's den. There's some people obviously that stand behind her, but there's so many people that don't want to believe what she has to say. And then, outside of that room there's so many people across the nation that are already you know against her just because she decided to speak her truth and it's a lot yeah it takes a lot of courage to uh come forward yeah yeah and she's looking at precedent that was already set based on how anita hill was treated i mean she was they heavily slut shamed her Back in 91, when she did this exact same thing, um, in my opinion, just from watching her testimony from back then, there was very little grace or humanity in the way that they questioned her during her testimony. And I'm sure Dr. Ford is looking at this and being like, have things really gotten that much better since then? I don't know. 
Right. And it's, you know, you have to wonder, do I really want to put my life and my face on the national stage and give Congress a chance to eviscerate me in front of the country? Right. It's a lot to ask. And essentially become the next Anita Hill. Mm -hmm. Like she will forever be associated with this story and her name will always be brought up. And it would be even worse for her if Kavanaugh did get confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All that for nothing. And then she'll continue to be trashed for the rest of her life by the right. So, yeah, that's Kavanaugh. Very interesting. I'm very eager to see how this plays out. I really, really hope she comes forward or speaks next week. Me too. Well, moving on to a happier subject, we do have a word from one of our sponsors. You've heard us talk about MeUndies a million times, but why am I actually so obsessed with them? It's as simple as this. When I wake up in the morning all groggy, I actually get excited to go to my underwear drawer and pick out which undies I want to wear that day. It's like my own little secret knowing I'm wearing a fun, crazy print on my ass when I go to work. <laughs> Me Undies releases multiple fun prints each month in matching socks and bralettes. I recently got a cute print with portraits of some of the Me Undies canine family. This print was inspired by the puppers of real Me Undies employees. Side note if you want to see pictures of dogs in underwear, be sure to follow Me Undies on Instagram. It's super cute. You are going to love these undies, but if you're not into it, just send them back for a full refund. MeUndies just launched a brand new membership. You can level up your top drawer with new undies each month. Members gain access to exclusive prints that no one else can get, and they get special member pricing on every product MeUndies makes. You can switch styles or skip any month you want. To get your 15% off your first pair, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com M-I-L-L. That's MeUndies.com slash M-I-L-L to feel like your bits are being cradled in a fluffy cloud. Ah, what a peaceful thought. (laughs) We should always end these ads with us just being like, ah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we're going to talk a little more entertainment news, but this involves an entertainer over in China. Have either of you heard of Fan Bingbing? Yes. Okay. She's China's most famous actress. She's like the Jennifer Lawrence or the Julia Roberts of China, to put it in perspective. Well, she has mysteriously gone missing, and she's been missing for three freaking months. She was last seen publicly at a children's hospital in Tibet in early June for a fundraiser. Then she just went AWOL. Nobody has seen her since. Now, here's the crazy part. People are, here's the craziest part, I guess I should say. (laughs) Everyone thinks that the kidnapper is the Chinese government. Now, why would they want to kidnap her? A few weeks before she went missing, a tabloid reporter posted leaked copies of her latest film deal online, and the deal showed Bing Bing engaging in a tax evasion practice known as yin-yang contracts whereby you have one contract showing you'll be paid only $2 million for a movie, and that's what you file with the government, so you're only paying taxes on that. But a second private contract lists your salary at $6 million. This allows the actors and other artists to avoid paying taxes on the difference. 
So people are suspecting that Bingbing was secretly taken into custody or kidnapped by the Chinese government as they punish her for her crimes. So um, this tax evasion is actually a touchy subject over in China because it's long been suspected that Communist Party leaders launder their money through China's entertainment industry whenever they want to hide the source of their money. And usually they do this through a movie or music contract. It's crazy that these loopholes actually exist over there. Um, So like I said, she still hasn't been seen or heard from. And the government is censoring all mentions of her name or the story online so that the Chinese public don't know what's going on. Even CNN, a broadcast of CNN, got cut off midstream because they didn't want the channel reporting on it in China. So this is pretty terrifying that they have done this. It's It speaks to the power of the Chinese government that they can actually get away with this without causing like mass outrage and discussion all over the country because they can control the message. Do yeah. you all buy into this Bing Bing theory or the, why she's missing? I don't know about that. I'm just thinking about it more broadly in terms of China's uh, horrible human rights <laughs> violations record. And it's just always struck me as ironic that the United States will look down its nose at countries like Cuba. But then we're best friends with China. There are partners in production and money <laughs> and all of these other things. So it's just it's always interesting to me how in the West we will look the other way when it comes to our partners participating in uh, nefarious behaviors. And I'm wondering, like, what the hell happens when she eventually returns? Like, hopefully she's not dead. So what's going to happen when she comes back? Does she pretend like nothing happened? (laughs) I mean, if this is true, I feel like for her safety, she would have to. The interesting thing about Fan Bingbing, though, is that while she's had a very, very long career um, in China, she's kind of was just starting to break out out here in America. Um, Some of you might know her from X-Men Days of Future Past. I think she was in that. Uh, And so, I mean, to kind of stunt her career over here is very smart because I feel like if she had broken out a little bit more out in the United States, people would be questioning this more than they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm very curious to see what happens I hope she's okay. Um, I love her name, too, because I think of Bing Bong, Bing Bong. Who's your friend who likes to play? Bing Bong, Bing Bong. Do you just want to have a good cry today? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's what her parents were thinking of when they named her. Yeah. Who's your friend who likes to play? <laughs> I have a Funko of him. Oh, we're going to get like at least five emails complaining about that, Andrew. Why? It, her name reminds me of Bing Bong from Inside Out, the pink, the Pixar movie. I'm just telling you. Okay. Can she move to America after this? Like, that's I would get out of that country so this shit doesn't happen again. But I guess <sighs> China could request that she get extradited. I guess they could take her passport away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is something China's already done. 
Remember so when we were can. talking about their whole um, social credit policy that they were implementing? And if you had really bad social credit, they were going to start taking passports away? That's some Black Mirror shit. I know. Well, there was actually an episode of Black Mirror that was based on it. <laughs> Her social credit score is probably not too good right now. Gonna have to work to get that back when she's out. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, I also just can't get over that this is like a way that people can hide money. <laughs> like we have pretty stupid ways of hiding money over here. And by stupid, I mean obvious, but like, I don't know. That seems particularly ludicrous. Anyway, let's move on. Well, here's something that's equally as insane. Russia's about to start kicking it old school. Thanks to a, uh, their ruling party passing a legislation that would actually legalize the use of duels to settle scores. Uh, so the move comes after the head of Russia's National Guard challenged his opposition mm-hmm. figure to fight over a series of slanderous insults, which included accusations of corruption. Uh, these comments were then printed and published in the local paper. And to that, the National Guard leader Uh, responded by saying he would turn the man into, quote, minced meat and then requested a trial by hand-to-hand combat. So this is the reason why the new legalization, which was prepared and drafted by uh, Sergei Ivanov, uh, is actually being put forth. Uh, It would legalize and sanction their duel along with any other proposed duels in the future. So while the new legalization does state that duels should not be deemed the default method for solving conflict, it does also state that a duel to settle disputes between Russian citizens should be perfectly legal. And uh, just in case you're curious, they have also, as part of this bill, explained which three weapons you can use if you want to go forth with your duels if you're a Russian citizen. So you can use sabers, small swords, and pistols. And it also says that if participants don't want to use their own weapons, they can rent them and also participants are free to determine various other con- conditions of their duels, like the distance from your rival, how long it's going to last, and also what kind of injury would lead to the conclusion of the duel. Death. It should be death. You just <laughs> death. fight to the death. <laughs> A fight yeah. to the death. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I think Lin-Manuel Miranda has the inspiration for his next musical here. <laughs> It would be awesome, though, if, like, they also included, like, lightsabers. I was thinking like, that, too. <laughs> yeah, as soon as they said sabers, it's like, pick your color. Just beat people over the head with a toy lightsaber until they're dead. Then you win. This is pretty insane, but, like, I don't know. I play video games. Like, there's duels and stuff. I also kind of see this as pretty cool. I don't think this would ever happen in the United States, but... It's also the 21st century. That's true. This is something we <laughs> joke about a lot, though. Yeah. These people are crazy. And think wizards still duel. So is it is it really like that outdated of an idea? Well, wizards don't exist. So yes. Yes, they do, Laura. How often <laughs> do I have to tell you this? But I also love that you get to set your own guidelines for the duel. Like this just sounds like a whole lot of fun. It's very like, I feel like duels back in the day were like a gentleman's agreement, right? And after you yeah. were done, you were like, okay, that's it. We're good. And and it's behind us now. But 
bringing it into the 21st century is kind of a little bit ridiculous. So it'll be interesting to see if this actually becomes popular in Russia and what it does to their already crumbling reputation. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people out there, I think, like me, who uh, do not see this as degrading their reputation. Trump will probably love it. Oh, yeah. I can see him being like, I think this is a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> this could take off, unlike the military parade that he wanted to steal from France. <laughs> and I guess North Korea, for that matter. The military parade is expensive, but this, everybody just does it themselves. It doesn't know. cost him anything. There are fine people on both sides of the duel. <laughs> yeah, the, the inaugural duel can be a Nazi versus a normal person and they can use toy lightsabers and fight to the death and trump <laughs> can sit on a throne looking down on them team good person versus team good person so we thought we would do some google that shit in light of that story and a couple of others ladies in soviet russia the the internet googles you <laughs> Do either of you watch Glow? Oh, no. fuck yes. Oh, well, you, you know when uh, Allison Bree's character does, in Soviet Russia. Yeah. <laughs> I was just wondering <laughs> if we should do our Russian accents for this. <sighs> say so your funny. answer again. In, in say, it in, say it in my really shitty Russian accent. Yeah. Okay. In Soviet Russia, the internet Google you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These must all be memes, by the way. Pam, what's... <laughs> I don't know. I. This is... It must be. You're right. It must be a meme. Um, I don't know. It's probably some, something like, in Soviet Russia, the government controls everything. In Soviet, Ru- in Soviet Russia, the law breaks you. <laughs> the car drives you. <laughs> the bass drops you. <laughs> The balloon pops you. Oh, this is one that I think we in America can get behind these days. The president assassinates you. Oh, oh man. Trump would totally do that. In Soviet Russia, the anthem sings you. The game <laughs> plays you. That's too real. The beat drops you. The road forks, the road forks you. <laughs> but you don't fork the road. And in Soviet Russia, the horse rides you. (laughs) Okay, why is mother... There, let me try that again. Why is Russia... (laughs) Why'd you say mother? Because I was going to say mother Russia, but then I didn't want to confuse you guys to think that that, that's actually... Okay, gotcha. Why is Russia so big? (laughs) No, that is not one. Damn it. <laughs> Why is Russia invading Syria or something <laughs> Syria? All, yeah, that's right. Why The number one result is, why is Russia in Syria? And the first time I read that, I was thinking people were like thinking geographically speaking. <laughs> like the entire country of Russia is in Syria. <laughs> This next one I'm a little alarmed by. Why is Russia calling me? Oh, no. 
Number That's three. That's a thing that happens. Have you had that? No, I haven't had that. But do you know a lot of those weird robocalls? Sorry, yeah. my dog is over here. Like, she sounds like she's leaking or something. Maybe she doesn't like Russia. Maybe not. Um, but you know the like weird robocalls that come from masked numbers. Do you hear her? <laughs> yeah. Canella, what are you doing? Aww. Come here. So needy. Oh my god. Um, but anyway, like there have been cases where people are getting calls like that from masked numbers and stuff. It's weird. Hmm. So yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, number four is why is Russia so cold? Well, because <laughs> it's up north, yo. This one I don't understand. I'm not even going to bother Googling it. Why is Russian so hard? Oh, you know what? I just answered my own question. I thought I said, why is Russia so hard? <laughs> what? <laughs> why is Russia a threat? It's an important question. That's basically it. Why is Russia in Asia? Why is Russia in Ukraine? Okay. <laughs> this next one is great. Best pistol for... Mm. I don't know. Best pistol for Hamilton Duel. Hamilton Duel, no. Uh... Best... Best pistol for cosplay. No. Hunting. Yes. That's the bottom one. Protection. Yeah, that's number two. And similarly, I guess, the number one result is best pistol for women. <laughs> okay. I guess women looking for self-defense. Number three is best pistol for concealed carry. So I guess somebody's looking for a small one. Best pistol, Trump search for this one. Best pistol for small hands. <laughs> for bear defense, for hiking, for backpacking, for the price. So you need a good deal for that duel. Okay, so I wanted to do a couple of like fall themed ones. Why does Starbucks. <laughs> Charge extra for soy. Oh, that's good. Why does Starbucks make their holiday cups green? <laughs> Neither of those. Why does Starbucks hate Christmas and Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, actually, this first one really surprises me. People are searching for why does Starbucks coffee have carbs? <laughs> what? <laughs> Laura, I thought you were going to say this one. Why does Starbucks make me poop? Make me poop? Yeah. I mean, coffee always makes you poop. Exactly. Why does Starbucks coffee have calories? <laughs> I'm just imagining people looking at the menu in the Starbucks line, and then instead of asking the barista, they just Google, why does Starbucks coffee have calories? This <laughs> one I totally agree with. Why does Starbucks call a small a tall? I had a Starbucks employee explain this to me once, and I have honestly since forgotten, but it has something to do with the Italian sizing for coffees and how it changed. Maybe we have a listener who's a Starbucks employee, current or former, who can explain it. I know that Starbucks wants to be, you know, they want to act like a 
classy coffee establishment. They want to act like a pure coffee shop, not a massive chain. But I refuse to use these size names, the Grande, the Venti, the Tall. I have never used them. I say small, medium, large, extra large, like a normal person. Get out of here with these dumb names. Oh, I found the answer, Andrew. What? Um, so when Starbucks first started out, the cup sizes were, um, so a small was called a short, the medium size was tall, and the biggest one was known as grande. As customers started demanding larger sizes, the short disappeared completely, making way for the more sizable venti and leaving tall as the smallest option on the board. (laughs) Okay. So Americans are fat. (laughs) Is basically yeah. what that told me. That makes sense. My short time working at a uh, like a craft independent coffee shop, people would get so upset that we didn't have anything larger than a size sixteen, like sixteen you know, ounces. I will say I hate when I go to a local coffee shop and they don't have larger coffee cup sizes. Like, but you're do you right, really this... need like tw- twenty ounces or twenty four ounces of coffee? Yes. Because okay. Starbucks and Dunkin' have gotten me conditioned to that. Well, just buy two. Yeah. <laughs> or get a shot in your coffee. That'll work. Yeah. I never do those shots personally. Okay. And finally, for for both of you, for all of us, really, pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice. I'm sure one of them is, is gross. Pumpkin no. spice is gross. Pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice copycat recipe. Yeah, there's a recipe. Pumpkin spice yeah. latte recipe. What about like pumpkin spice baked goods, like pumpkin spice cookies? Yep. Cookies, cake, creamer, muffins. Pumpkin spice release date. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I was thinking of doing when does pumpkin spice, and that was obviously one of them. The number one is calories, though, of course. People want to know what they're drinking. Right. You don't have to worry about the calories. You got to worry about the sugar content, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> It's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's more than you should have in an entire yeah. day. I'm telling you, go for the go for the cold brew with with the one pump or the hot coffee with the one pump. It's just as good. Fun fact: in the fall, I always make pumpkin spice chocolate chip cookies. Ooh, and they are so oh my god! Good. I need those in my life. Every work. My coworkers are like, so when are you going to bring those cookies in? And I'm like, it is still 90 degrees outside. Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Must be cold. Pat made a fuckload of cookies last year. Like he does it every year. He does like four or five different types. I'm so looking forward to that last year or this year. And last year we were baking, we were um, decorating them as Jeff Sessions' seat was being filled. It was the night of that vote in Alabama. <laughs> that was like the greatest night ever. Cookies and watching a Republican seat in Alabama flip. That was a great night. All right. Uh, moving on to a word from another one of our sponsors. Healthy habits are an important part of how you maintain great glowing skin. We here at Millennial love BioClarity because it is a clean, green, gentle skincare line that helps us get naturally glowing skin. Right, Andrew? That's right. I love this stuff. 
The essentials routine for normal or dry skin is comprised of three easy steps, just cleanse, restore, and hydrate. BioClarity contains hydrating plant extracts like chamomile, green tea, cucumber, licorice root, argan, olive, plus Floralux. My favorite step of this routine is the hydrate step. This moisturizer is non-greasy and lightweight, so it's perfect for spring and summertime. And as a note of personal success for myself, I can attest to this routine minimizing redness, reducing pore size, and evening out skin tone. That's all because BioClarity's unique ingredient, Floralux, is a clever form of chlorophyll. It's proven for nourishing the skin and soothing away imperfections and blemishes. Floralux has antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties that feed your skin from the outside in. This stuff is like green juice for your face. Detox and rebalance with BioClarity. BioClarity is delivered straight to you and is an easy-to-use three-step skincare routine that's 100% vegan, gluten, and cruelty-free. Get started on healthier habits with your skincare. Just go to BioClarity.com. Our listeners will get their first month for 50% off a routine, plus shipping is free, and it comes with a 100% risk-free money-back guarantee, but you need to enter our code MIL. That's BioClarity.com and enter our code MIL. Okay, on to the confessional now. We love confessionals. People get so honest with us through our website, millennialshow.com. There's a link right at the top. Couldn't be easier. I think some days, some weeks, we get more confessionals than we do regular emails. True. People just love to open up. So here's the first one. Okay, so last week's discussion about condoms and their usage in casual sex really made me think about some recent encounters I've had. I'm coming off almost a full year of having taken time for myself after a bad breakup, and so now I'm in a period where I'm just interested in casual sex. In the encounters I've had, I've made it clear that I have an IUD, but that condom usage was still non-negotiable to me because of STD prevention. There were a couple of times, though, where my partners, after already having had sex with a condom once, simply told me that they had recent test results showing they were STD-free, and I took their word for it and allowed them to go condom-free for the next time. The discussion last week made me realize that I'm not being as stern as I actually should be, and I'm wondering if anyone has any tips for these kinds of situations. What do you do when you're with a new partner? Do you show each other actual test results? If so, when? Before even getting to the bedroom, or... Also, please don't judge me in my ignorant stupidity when it comes to this. I was in a relationship for four years and never really had to worry about stuff, so I appreciate any advice. I don't think it's stupid at all, first of all. Yeah, no, nobody's judging you. And good for you for taking a full year for yourself. To yeah, me, just... that indicates a level of maturity that a lot of people don't have in the dating game, so good for you. Just you, your hand, and your toys. Yep. Hey, it's a good life. I lived that life for a long time. <laughs> Don't regret it. <laughs> Don't regret it. No, not at all. Hey, if uh, you I'm... listen, you should be the person who knows how to make love to yourself better than anyone else. Because yeah. if you don't know, then you can't tell other people how to do it for you. Oh, my God. You're like basically paraphrasing RuPaul right now. Really? Oh, I love RuPaul. If you can't love yourself how you gonna love anybody else can i get an amen yeah that's like her thing oh my thing was just more saying if you can't find your clit then how do you expect to tell anyone else how to find it <laughs> yeah but rue was speaking more broadly not necessarily about sex but it could apply to sex I feel. <laughs> so. 
Anyway, I'm going to release on CD this special sound effect that you can play when you're in this situation. No. No. <laughs> hey, can I fuck you without a condom? No. Just keep playing this until they finally walk away or agree to put a condom on. And then you can play this one. Yes. <laughs> well, I think, you know, a lot of this, like, it's it's really easy to talk about this in a black and in black and white terms when you're not in the situation. But I definitely understand how when things are getting a little heated, it can be harder to have this conversation. Um, and I think a lot of it comes down to how well do you know the person? How much do you think you can trust what they're telling you is true? Um, and I guess those are the questions you should be asking yourself. Like if you this person says to you, hey, I just had a clean SCD panel. Is yeah. it cool if we go without? And if you doubt that you can trust that what they're saying is true, you probably shouldn't be having sex with them anyway. For me, some kind of exclusivity is important because, yes. you know, it doesn't really matter if they got tested recently, if that person is also sleeping with somebody else or multiple people and asking to go condomless with them and they have something, then, you know, that's going to come back to bite you in the ass real quick. So, yeah, I think the amount of time you've known this person is a key factor. So if you've known them for a while, you can trust them when they say, hey, my results came back, I'm clean. But if it's a stranger you just met through an app at the bar, how are you supposed to trust them? They might be thinking, well, I do have something, but I don't have to tell them because I'm never going to see them again. So who cares? Well, and more often than not, people aren't hiding that stuff with nefarious intent. They just genuinely don't know that they have it. Um, Because overall, I think most people are decent enough that they wouldn't knowingly try to spread their STDs. Right. Um, not to say there aren't some exceptions to that rule, but overall. But but this person was wondering, like, should they show paperwork at the scene? I mean, and... I think you're perfectly within your rights to ask that. I think that it might cut down on the number of sexual encounters you have because yeah. that's just not a... I guess that's not seen as like a normal practice. So I can definitely see people being like, oh, maybe let's rain check this. Um, But I think also a good practice to be in, especially when you are active casually, maybe you have not necessarily multiple partners at the same time, but you are seeing different people. It's still smart to get tested on a regular basis because even if you are using condoms you can never be too safe so that would be my biggest piece of advice knowing that you are being casual is one going with your gut intuition about is this a person i can trust is this a person who is open to committing to me exclusively and then ultimately am i open to getting tested every few months just to make sure that i'm healthy Mm-hmm. I think that is a good way to go about it. Next confessional. So I broke up with a boyfriend of five years about a month ago. It was a long time coming and I ultimately felt relieved to have it over. We had sex fewer than five times in the past three and a half years, partially due to long distance, partially due to physical non-compatibility. And I'm starting to really feel the urge to hook up with someone now. 
This is where I'm completely lost. I hadn't been dating my ex since undergrad before things like Tinder were popular. I don't think of myself as particularly attractive and I am very awkward. I've also only ever had sex with my ex. Never did it. Never did it with anyone before him. And he had a really, really small dick. And we never used toys. So I'm kind of afraid but excited to have sex with someone who has a larger dick. (laughs) I just moved back to grad school after my summer internship and don't know how to go about finding someone to hook up with. There was a guy I thought might have liked me last year and I was always kind of interested, but I'm not sure if that was just because I wanted something different out of my relationship or if I really had feelings back. Would I be a terrible person if I hooked up with him just to see? Also, how do you start that? Like, how do you make your intentions clear you want to hook up to anyone? How do you use dating apps? Help! I feel like I have the sexual experience of a 16-year-old even though I'm in my mid-20s. I was kind of in a similar situation as you after my last relationship. Like, Tinder hadn't blown up prior to my last relationship. So then getting out of that relationship, I was like, okay, I guess I'm joining Tinder now. And I I still don't know to this day (laughs) how to to make moves on people, like, at a bar or anything. Um, Because I've never actually done it myself. Yeah, I think most people don't know how to do that. I know for me, I sort of just like awkwardly tend to fumble my way into dates with other weird people. Yeah. Who appreciate my weirdness and I appreciate theirs. So I feel like this is a situation where just embracing your awkwardness for what it is. Just accepting that life is a series of awkward interactions is going to make this way easier for you. Yeah. I think a big misconception is that people won't be attracted to your awkwardness. Mm -hmm. I know multiple people who are awkward, and I think they think that because of their awkwardness, they couldn't possibly date. So they barely even try. But really, somebody will actually be attracted to that type of thing. People are attracted to all types of personalities. It doesn't matter what your personality is. There are people out there who will be attracted to it. And as for like hooking up, you can't force it. In my opinion, if you're out at a bar or let's say you hang out with this guy, if you feel something, do you feel something? And does it feel like you're getting something back from him as well? Then just go somewhere private and see what happens. It can even just be cuddling the first night or just sitting next to each other on the bed. It doesn't have to all happen in one night. Something small can happen the first night, like just even being right next to each other. And then you hang out again and you get a little closer next time and a little closer next time. And then before you know it, you actually are banging and maybe somebody with a bigger dick. I was going to say, you you were like, just start out and get a little closer. And I'm just thinking like, just the tip. (laughs) Just the tip. Metaphorically speaking, yes, just the tip the first time. (laughs) Also, I don't think that you have to go into, if you go like hang out with this guy, I don't think you have to tell him right out front that you're only looking for casual sex or whatever it is you're looking for. Um, I think it's perfectly okay to have that conversation after or before it even happens so don't think about that too much you can always high five them after and be like thanks for a great time bye 
<laughs> and if you liked it, then you might do it again. Yeah. Leave him a great review on OKCupid. <laughs> Can you imagine? The internet's minds would blow <laughs> if, if we started rating recommend. people <laughs> sexually. Thank God. This is kind of unrelated. I follow one YouTuber, and he is always with his partner, his boyfriend. They were, they've been together five years. I just love them as a couple. They're very attractive. They make good videos. I've just I've just enjoyed watching their videos. I'll usually do it on my lunch break. Just like something something to watch on YouTube in the background. I enjoy I enjoy what they have to share. Well, I'm on Instagram last week. I find out they broke up. I was devastated by this news. I felt like I was dumped. <laughs> it was it was a terrible day for me and other people. I know somebody who also really loves the, these YouTubers. We used to talk about them all the time. We actually started talking again because because we were trying to come to grips with the news that these two YouTubers broke up. It was just so tragic. Have And I was wondering, have either of you like ever really felt invested in a couple you don't actually know and then you find out that they break up and you're devastated? Like a celebrity couple or a YouTube couple? I guess celebrities could count as well. Um, well, for YouTube specifically, because you know the the we broke up videos is um, it, it's <laughs> it's really sad whenever yeah. high profile couples have to make those because when you sign on to social media, I, I think that you don't think about ever having to do that, and then you do because you feel like you owe your audience an explanation. Um, so most recently. Uh, the David Dobrik and Liza Koshy breakup video was like, I don't even watch them very much, but it was trending on YouTube. So I clicked on it. And it was so sad. Like you mm. feel bad for these people. Yeah. They're getting really honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and sometimes and, you can and, tell they still love each other, but they know that they need to take a break. And that's the worst. Exactly. These two, their names are Mark and Ethan. They feel like they can't grow creatively in this relationship anymore. And they want to be able to do their own things. They didn't really go into a ton of detail. But at one point, Ethan says to Mark, I fucking love you. And they're like touching each other in the video. I'm like, oh, no, stop. This is too painful for my broken heart. Mm -hmm. And then Mark releases a video today. And Ethan is in it. They're acting like everything's fine. I just, I can't take this it. This is David and Liza. <laughs> oh, they're still doing street. videos together? Yeah. Oh, man. Not like, like, I don't think like as frequently, but they're definitely still in the periphery of each other's things and they're still friends and they still care about each other a lot. It's like so funny. I'm so invested <laughs> in this uh, after watching this video because it's just so sad. Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. I'm actually tearing up talking oh, about no. all this. So anyway, if you have anything to confess to us, we have the confessional on our website. Feel free to write in. Mark, Ethan, if you want to write to me about how you're feeling, I'll help you out, buddy. You can find a lot more other than the confessional over on our website. We have the episodes archive. You can find every single episode in our history there. We have a link to our Patreon. We would really appreciate your support. We have a contact form if you want to write in with questions, comments, if you need advice and want to actually put your name on it, (laughs) you can uh, use that as well.
For updates on the show, follow us, twitter.com slash millennial show and facebook.com slash millennial show. In After Dark today, we're going to be talking about late bloomers. And no, not sexually. We're going to talk about millennials who have been taking their time doing certain things that in generations past, they would have had it done by now. For example, learning how to drive. How to use a phone. Using a phone, period. Not reading the news. Voting. We're going to talk about these things, and we are going to call a couple of our listeners as well to see if they are guilty of any of these things or if they have noticed any late bloomer trends in the hashtag millennial world. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Goodbye, everybody. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's the Ten Dual Commandments. It's the Ten Dual Commandments. Number one, the challenge demands satisfaction. If they apologize, no need for further action. Number two, if they don't grab a friend, that's your second. Your lieutenant, when there's reckoning to be reckoned. Number three, have your seconds meet face to face. Negotiate or negotiate. You know, speaking of Puerto Rico, he's going to be doing Hamilton in Puerto Rico, isn't he? Yeah. It's pretty insane. That's awesome. I think that's so cool. Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today.